Christine Bentley, and you're listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region, brought to you by Roar Publishing, from concept to content. Kate Wheeler is off this weekend, enjoying the beautiful sun in Antigua, but you will hear her in a few segments later on in the show. New Year, new food guide. Did you know it's been about a decade since Canada's food guide was last updated? Registered dietitian Julie Bednarski has been keeping a close eye on the developments and is kicking off today's show. She hopes the updated guide will reflect changes in today's eating styles and serve as a tool that will provide clarity and transparency for all Canadians. Have you heard of New Moon Sister Meditation Circles? Neither had I, but they're designed to provide a safe, confidential, and inspiring place for women to show up, be seen, and heard, and without any judgment. Business partners Martha Alefteriu and Angela Catanero run them once a month in the GTA, and will be here to tell us more about them. Musicologist Eric Alper is talking big albums celebrating an anniversary in 2018. Travel expert Candace Derricks tells us about a ski spa holiday in Quebec that we're dying to check out. And would you ever consider taking a break from your relationship? International best-selling author Marion Keyes has released her 13th book about a married Irish couple, Amy and Hugh, who decide to do just that. And she says it isn't a story about falling in love but about staying in love. Of course, we end every show featuring a talented musician or band, and today we have Alex Pangman, a Canadian jazz singer who is also known as Canada's sweetheart of swing. Be sure to check out whatshesaidtalk.com, where you'll find all of our social media links. Join us on Facebook Live every Wednesday morning at 10, where we give out great prizes and tell you who's on. So don't go anywhere. What She Said will be right back after this short break on 105.9 The Region. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. I know I can treat you As you may be aware, Canada's Food Guide is getting a makeover. In fact, it's been about a decade, I think, since it was last updated, and lots has changed in that time. Joining us now is registered dietitian Julie Bednarski, who has been keeping a close eye on these developments, nutritional ones. Welcome to what she said. Excellent. Well, thank you for having me today. You say the new Food Guide should reflect changes in today's eating styles. 
and serve as a tool that provides clarity and transparency so that Canadians can make informed choices. So what does that mean? Well, exactly what you mentioned. Uh, so the last food guide was developed in 2007. So it's been almost 10 years since the last revision of our food guide. Uh, and it's changed over the years. The first food guide was developed in 1942. Uh, and since that time, it's transformed with different um, shapes and messages and images. Uh, but it still still t- stays true to informing Canadians about eating healthy. But the current food guide um, that, we're, that we have from 2007 is outdated. It doesn't reflect our current eating patterns. Patterns, how we're on the go eating more prepared and takeout food. Um, and we also have to consider added sugars, which is a big topic these days. So if a food guide is supposed to be a map as to what you should or shouldn't have, uh, what would you like to see in it? So I would like to see more information about processed and packaged foods. So our current food guide just talks about whole food. Uh, so it talks, it has four different food groups. It talks about uh, fruits and vegetables, grains, dairy and milk alternatives, and also protein and protein alternatives. However, we have to look at how Canadians eat their their meals these days. And a lot of it's on the go and it's processed and packaged. And there's no information about processed or packaged foods in the food guide. Um do you think it's possible for them to do that, though, given that the the processed uh, the processing of food changes with taste? I mean, there are things that come and go in six months. I think there has to be. If we look to other countries and what other countries are putting in their food guides, such as Brazil, they actually have no food guide, and they're just giving recommendations as eat from home, make as much food as you can from scratch, eat as uh, less processed food as possible. Uh, so there's certain recommendations that they could make. Uh, so I just think uh, Canada has to do something more to really reflect what Canadians are eating these days. And so we've got uh, five key issues that you hope are going to be addressed. That uh, So pro- packaged and processed foods, one. The second is added sugars. Added sugars. Now, this is my favorite topic. Uh, it used to be fat, used to be the culprit. Now it's sugar. Sugar is the number one uh, culprit that's um, uh, affecting uh, lots of different diseases like diabetes, obesity, heart disease, and um, also high um, high blood cholesterol. Uh, and the problem with added sugars is that they're in all types of food. We don't even know that we're eating all these added sugars. They're in everything from salad dressings, um, beverages, as we probably know, your fancy uh, hot beverages that you get in. Um, in the morning, but they're also on bread, crackers, and uh, the World Health Organization and the Heart and Stroke Association of Canada recommends that we only consume uh, less than 10% of our caloric intake from added sugar. However, Canadians are eating on average over 20% of added sugars, and so that is not good because we're obviously displacing calories that we could be getting from healthier fruit, uh, fruits and vegetables and whole grains. Um, and as I mentioned before, added sugars, Canadians are eating up to 88 pounds per year of added sugars. I think part of the problem, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is I know when it says sugar, uh, but there are a ton of names that apply that that are sugar you're correct and that's the problem there's hundreds and hundreds of names of sugar people don't even realize the different names for sugar so they might pick up a package and they might read it but they don't realize that there's all different types of sugars in there Uh, and I'll give you an example I was in the store and I was just looking at various food products so I'm always interested and I picked up a new sort of granola rice crispy bar for kids and the first six ingredients were different names of sugar so it had glucose fructose in it, corn syrup, brown syrup, um, it had some molasses in it. 
these are all different types of sugar, and this is something that we really want to limit. Um, and you know, the question is, are any types of sugar good? And I like to say, sugar, sugar is sugar is sugar. It doesn't matter if it's brown syrup, um, brown sugar, honey, um, maple syrup. They're all sugar, and there's something that we want to uh, limit as much as possible. So, do you think it's is it the lack of transparency that that is bothersome? I think people are just unaware. I think we have to do more education about how much sugar is actually in uh, different types of foods. Uh, and all foods have some amount of sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the issues that I have with Canada's Food Guide is that they take one glass of orange juice is equal to the same as a whole piece of fruit. And those are two different types of um, foods. But in the Food Guide, they're considered the same. It's the same. Exactly. Yeah. But one glass of orange juice could have up to six teaspoons of sugar uh, and where it's pure sugar because there's no fiber in it, where a whole piece of fruit has fiber. So your body's going to process it much differently. Differently, exactly. Uh, Another thing that you have something to say about is on-the-go foods. On-the-go foods. So up to 40% of Canadians are eating on-the-go foods on a daily basis, some type of either prepared sandwich in the morning. Um, And the food guide, the current food guide, doesn't reflect on-the-go foods. So when you're eating, let's say, um, you get a burrito bowl. Well, what does that look like uh, with the different food groups? Uh, That's something that the current food guide doesn't really show and and discuss. Um, There was recently some changes made where if you had a restaurant chain that had X number of outlets, they had to publish the calorie in a certain dish. Has that helped at all? I think it's a great educational tool. It's It's not going to start. It's a start, but it's not going to solve the problem. If we're looking at obesity as a whole, um, and up to 40% of Canadians are actually considered overweight and 30% are considered um, obese, which, you know, has lots of health implication. Showing the calories is one piece, um, and it might help make people make better decisions, but it's not the whole story. It's not going to solve the whole, whole puzzle of obesity in Canada. Now, the other issue, of course, that's not particularly healthy is hidden preservatives and additives. Ooh, this is another one of my favorite topics, too, that I'm passionate about. So processed and packaged foods, there's lots of hidden additives. And the thing um, which people might not know about in Canada, there's certain regulations that we don't have to, or food manufacturers don't have to disclose all the hidden additives. So packaged foods, and that's why I like to recommend to limit as much as possible processed foods, is because there's lots of additives in there, like preservatives colorings and these are not good for our body so we want to try to limit them as much as possible well dietary considerations I mean given the number of Canadians who follow some of these diets um, adding a section to Canada's food guide might be a good thing Yeah, and so Health Canada has um, taken a look at this, and they are actually going to be um, implementing more plant-based proteins. So I know there's lots of talk about um, plant-based proteins, vegans, uh, vegetarians, and are these a healthy um, uh, item to add into the new food guide, which Health Canada has um, mentioned that they will be including more plant-based proteins into the new food guide, which I think is great. Uh, Now, to have a food guide specifically for each, let's say, uh, one for vegan, one for gluten-free, one for paleo, it might get a little bit confusing, uh, especially because there are so many different eating patterns. Um, And that's why I like to, I would like to see something that fits everyone as a general foundation, but it might be a little bit too confusing to to have a food guide for each specific dietary um, consideration. How... 
how how hard is it for Canadians? I mean, when is this coming out, first of all? That's a good question. No one really knows. They said sometime in early 2018, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, like early 2018 can be anywhere. It could be anywhere next up month. To June. <laughs> it could be up to June too as well. So we're we're waiting, but they have mentioned so there are certain um, items that Health Canada has mentioned that they will be including it, um, including more plant-based proteins, uh, recommending to eat less red meat, um, decreasing the amount of salt, uh, sugars, um, those kind of um, additives, um, and also talked about saturated fat. So. Well, should be very interesting. I hope that it's uh, written well enough so that most of us can understand it, and and there's and there's no sort of uh, confusion about what what is healthy and what isn't. Right? Yeah, I like to see things simple. Yeah, because it, it changes all the time. Like you know, it's like eat more fat, eat less fat, eat more this, eat less that, and and. And you know what? And that's why I liked, you know, nutrition. When you look at the research, it's constantly changing. One exactly. day coffee is good for you. The next day coffee, don't drink it. So I one know, day but I, eat. I, that, that's my point. I just don't know whether it's going to last 10 years. And that's why I always like to go back to the basics and like yeah. eating whole real food and try to avoid these trends. Because I think once happens is once you jump on a trend, then it lasts for a few years uh, and, then, and then it kind of falls off. But going back to basics, eating whole real foods, if it came from Mother Nature, I like to say it's probably good for you. Uh, and so that's about uh, just keeping it simple. Where can people connect with you? So I'm at uh, healthycrunch.com. So I'm the founder uh, of the Healthy Crunch Company. So we make healthy artisanal kale chip snacks mm -hmm. that are good for you uh, and super crunchy. And they're vegan and gluten-free and, and low in sugar, too, as well. Um, and you could also reach me at uh, juliebonarski.com. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. This is what she said on 105.9 The Region. And we'll be right back. <laughs> Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Centre is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com tc or call 416-340-7270. Everyone needs an edge to compete. At the Chang School of Continuing Education at Ryerson University, our courses and programs will equip you with skills that are in demand in today's workplace. Enroll now at the Chang School at Ryerson University, where ambition meets professionalism. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. What about us? What about all the times you said you had the answers? What about us? Joining us now are business partners Martha Eleftherio and Angela Catanaro, who run monthly New Moon Sister Meditation Circles. Uh, what are those, you may ask? Well, these circles provide a safe, confidential, and inspiring place for women to show up, 
be seen and heard without any judgment. Welcome to What She Said, ladies. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Thank you so much for welcoming us. Now, Martha, you're a life coach, a, a, a Reiki master, and a yoga teacher. You know, why did you team up with Angela and start this? It's about two years ago now? Yeah. yeah. yeah we've been doing the women's circles coming up to two years. Mm-hmm. Angela and I met at yoga teacher training about six years ago. And since then, we knew we had a, a common passion for not only empowering ourselves, but for sharing the life lessons that we've learned with women that come into our lives and into our circle. And two years ago, we started the New Moon Sister uh, meditation circles together, and they've been absolutely wonderful, inspiring, healing, and really extraordinary. Well, explain to people what happens in a meditation circle, because usually when we think of meditation, what comes to mind is a solo experience. Mm -hmm. Well, with the group meditation, this is specifically uh, a woman's circle that is uh, what was created by Unify, the Global Sisterhood. And they reached out to us um, when they had initially created the uh, Women's Global Sisterhood monthly meditation on the new moon. And uh, what this is, is it allows women to come together in a group and we hold hands and it's the same guided meditation and on the same day monthly at the new moon there are like 900 other women's circles also meditating with the same intention so that's the difference in when you're holding uh, meditation on your own you would most likely hold it with an intention but in a group it is um, you're connected and there's a unified intention behind why you're meditating it's described as a place for women to show up to be seen and heard without any judgment so how does that work when you're meditating because i think of meditating as everything's quiet Mm -hmm. and you're just sort of saying um um, (laughs) so explain explain yeah So the first, I guess, half of the experience is a guided meditation, which we do sit in silence. One of us will say the guided meditation Mm -hmm. and the women listen. So it's you're listening, sitting in silence. The second half of the experience is a group discussion in which there are a series of questions and we discuss either in a large group or in small groups, depending on the number of women that come out to the event. And so that is the the time and the place that women can be seen and heard and share sort of their their deepest, darkest secrets, their fears, their passions, their dreams, without feeling like they're going to be judged, um, with feeling confident in who they are and feeling like it's a safe place to do that. So that's the portion of the evening that women share with each other and hold that sacred space to come together. Now, you talk about uh, living fearlessly. What does it mean to live fearlessly? I define living fearlessly as being aware of what your fears are and choosing to work through them anyway. So depending on what you might be afraid of. Mm. um, So let's say I'm, I'm feeling insecure about a situation, being aware of what that insecurity is and choosing to then take any actions that um, I feel I need to do in order to be happy with courage mm-hmm. and bravery and doing it anyway. So feeling the fear and doing it anyway. 
Um, what's the difference between life and death fear and ego-driven fear? So life and death fear comes from our innate uh, need to stay alive. So we have egos because, you know, prehistoric times, humanity needed to survive and stay alive. And if there was a saber-toothed tiger <laughs> approaching you, your ego would kick in and say fight or flight response. So that is a legitimate fear to protect your life and keep yourself alive. The ego-based fear is uh, connected not so much with keeping yourself alive, but so much connected with what other people think of you. If I say this, what will people think of me? If I do this, how will I be perceived by my peers, by my boss, by my family? So the ego-based fear is different than the life and death fear because your life is not on the mm -hmm. line, mm -hmm. but it's more connected with wanting to be accepted by other people. So for example, uh, fear of heights would be a life and death fear. You're afraid of falling, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas fear of public speaking, which many people have, is an ego-driven because they're, they're yes. having to perform in front of people and right. concerned about... Right. Yeah. So it's interesting then because so many of us have a fear of failing mm -hmm. that that is that ties into living fearlessly yes. as well. So how do you help people walk through those fears? Well, walking through your fear again is identifying what your fear is. Mm -hmm. So if you've already identified I'm afraid of failing, um, then making a list of, okay, what does it mean if you should fail? Mm-hmm. And why are you so afraid of failing? Um, what I would do for myself is, if I'm afraid of doing this, what is the worst thing that could possibly happen? And if you're comfortable making, taking the steps in order to do it anyway. Mm. So if I'm afraid of failing, that you know people are gonna look at me and think like, what a, what a loser she is. Or <laughs> I'm afraid of how it's gonna look. Um, then what is the worst thing that can possibly happen? My worst thing would not be doing it. Right. So I'd feel really disappointed that I didn't follow through with going ahead with that action. I'm I, I just kind of wondering, when you're helping people go walk, deal with fears, would it be, which are harder, life and death <laughs> or ego? Probably ego-driven. Because mm. life and death... You know, if you're if you're hiking and you come into contact with uh, a rattlesnake, what do you need to do instinctively? Get the heck out get of the there! Get the hell out! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas when it's ego driven, it's so in, it's really deep within, and we can rationalize not to do it. Okay, now you are hosting your third annual Love Your Life retreat in February 2018. I can't believe I'm saying that already. <laughs> um, and at the Kingbridge Center in King City. Uh, you're based in, in York Region. The meditation circles are, are, yes. are, are in York Region. So what happens and, and how do people connect with you if they want to come to your retreat? So they can connect with us on Facebook. We have a Facebook event page, Love Your Life, Live Fearlessly. Um, all the information about the retreat is on Facebook. They can also purchase their tickets through Facebook, mm -hmm. or they can also contact myself or Angela directly and make arrangements to, to book the retreat. We have uh, various options available. It's a, either a full weekend with an overnight stay 
Or if someone cannot come for the whole weekend, they can come for the Saturday or the Sunday. That's awesome. Now, and you've also uh, recently published your life stories in a book called Born to Be Me. Where can people get that? Actually, you can get that on Amazon or uh, Chapters Indigo. Oh, so it's everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> and that's you, you can even contact us and we can get you a copy too. <laughs> so the Life Story Center briefly on your experiences, your fears? what? Absolutely. It's, uh, it's our stories with uh, an experience in our lives that has molded us, that has changed us, that has made us into who we are today. And really that was one of the scariest things I've ever done to yes. write your story, to make it published for the world to read is truly a life-changing experience. And that I can speak for you too, yes. Angela, yep. was a life-changing and really stepping into our fear. Mm, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, now, again, we are going to put up links on our, on our website for you to link directly that so that people can get in touch with you uh, about the retreat. But tell everyone one more time what the Facebook page is, because that can go by on the radio quickly. In Facebook events, uh, love your life, live fearlessly. Love your life, live fearlessly. So you just go to Facebook events and you type yes. that in. Yes. That is awesome. So uh, thank you so much for, for coming in and telling us all about it. I, I, I didn't realize that there were so many groups doing that at the same time yeah. all, over the, all over the place. It's very powerful, yes. the, the new moon meditation, as it happens all over the world. And mm -hmm. it's, it's said that for one person who meditates with, meditates with a loving intention, it will affect 750,000 other people. That's amazing. Yeah. We will be right back with more right here on What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy to use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30 day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com tc or call 416-340-7270. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com.
Joining us now for On the Record, brought to you by Roar Records, is musicologist Eric Alper. And today we're kicking off the new year talking about big albums celebrating an anniversary in 2018. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This is also the segment where you get to feel old. This is the I Feel Old segment because all of these albums were hugely successful um, during the year that they were released. And that one was Coldplay with Vida La Vida or Death and All of His Friends that is celebrating the 10th anniversary this year. It came out in June of 2008. And that phrase is actually a Spanish phrase that is kind of comes out to live the life. And that's exactly what lead singer Chris Martin and his company um, of Coldplay actually did for a number of years based on this album. It was a huge selling album, selling over 10 million copies worldwide. And that song won the Grammy Award for Song of the Year. That's Doo-Wop, That Thing by Lauren Hill. And 20 years ago this year, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill came out. One of the still great albums of our time. It brought neo-soul and jazz and blues and hip-hop to the forefront, selling over 8 million copies in the U.S. and 19 million copies worldwide. Forget about one of the great albums done by a woman. It is certainly one of the best-sounding records of all time. years ago this year Rallin' Hum by U2 was released and it was one of those albums that the band decided to make a change not necessarily in the personnel but the look and the sound of the band they came down to places like Nashville and Memphis to pay tribute to the older generation of artists the the blues artists and the early rock and rollers they reinvented themselves for a number of years throughout the 1990s after that. But Rallin' Hum, the movie and the documentary didn't do so well. It just made under $10 million at the box office. But the album, the double album, did really, really well, selling 14 million copies worldwide and brought you 2 to a whole new generation of fans. That album, Rallin' Hum, celebrating its 30th anniversary this year. Wow. That's Follow You, Follow Me by Genesis. And one of the taste tests for me to become friends with me is, do you like Genesis fronted by Peter Gabriel or by Phil Collins? Because for me, it's Phil Collins all the way. But And then there were three came out 40 years ago this year. It was the first album since the departure of guitarist Steve Hackett. And left in the band was Phil Collins, Mike Rutherford, and Tony Banks. Hence the title, And Then There Were Three. The Genesis former lead singer Peter Gabriel, Don't Feel So Bad For Him, 40 years ago this year, he released his debut album called Peter Gabriel. (laughs) 
and a whopping 50 years ago this year, Astral Weeks by Van Morrison came out. This was his second album. And sometimes in the music industry, you get a record that you have no idea what to do with. You know it's good. This album mixed folk and blues and jazz and rock and all different elements of music together. But the record label had absolutely no idea what to do with it. So it was severely underpromoted. It didn't get played on the radio compared to his last big hit, Brown Eyed Girl. It stiffed on release, didn't sell a thing until around 20 years ago where the music critics took another look at that album and loved it and realized how far ahead of the time that Astro Weeks were. In fact, they love it so much that Van Morrison hates this album. In fact, only one song, that song, is on Van Morrison's Greatest Hits album. So after all of the accolades, after all the classic album status, this is the one album that he just refuses to like. It's very strange. It's very, you very, would, you Van would Morrison think, is a strange guy yeah, to I know, but you with. would think that anything that you created, you would love. Absolutely. And, you know, to, to be able to take a step back and say, well, maybe they were right, or maybe it was in the moment, and sometimes it takes time for a great novel or a great movie or a great album to kind of come to the forefront and realize that, well, it didn't fit on the radio, but that's okay that doesn't mean that it's a bad album. It just means that maybe it just didn't fit in the tight formats of what the music industry deems a success. Sometimes it's not about sales, but about influence. And Astral Week by Van Morrison certainly has a lot of influences. Well, audiences have matured. And, and, and so and have we. And acquired the right And taste. so have you and I. Exactly. Just like a fine line. Exactly. Like, a, like a wine where it's 10, <laughs> 20, 30, 40 years, for even 50 years ago, there's still music to be listened to. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Eric. Uh, we'll talk to you again next weekend thank you for having me on the record is brought to you by roar records download rise by elise saunders based on the heroic story of olympian and pan am medalist jessica phoenix on itunes and spotify now And joining us now here on What She Said is our travel expert, Candace Derricks from lifeinpleasantville.com. And today we are talking about a ski spa holiday in Quebec. I'm all yeah. about the après ski part. Oh, isn't après ski the best? <laughs> I think that's why I got into skiing, was just so I could literally go to the après ski. You can't really say you can après ski if you don't ski, right? Right. So well, you do have to try the skiing. Bunny Hill is just fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> are you a skier? I used to be a skier, and then when we were, um, when the kids, they were learning to ski and snowboard and everything, I took a bad fall, Mm -hmm. and I never really had, I thought, well, like, why am I doing this now? Because if I, you know, break a leg or something now, I'm, like, literally screwed, because we had so much, two kids in competitive dance, two, like, driving around, work, everything, I thought, this is dumb, and I just... I stopped and then never really went back. You need back. to go back to it. You think? Do you know why? Because I, I, I was amazed last year by how many skiers I saw skiing who were in their 70s, mm-hmm. skiing these huge hills. I thought I was so amazed by that. And I love that, that it's a sport that you can t- continue to do into your old age. I mean, you don't have to do these extreme hills or anything. Mm, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, you know. Okay, no, I so, don't know. but w- what I'm talking about today is um, Saint Sauveur, Quebec. Mm hmm. Quebec is just a really lovely province. And so I sort of made it a goal this year of mine to get there as often as possible, especially through the winter, um, because they do have the best skiing 
really, as opposed to Ontario, the skiing mm-hmm. in Quebec is much better. Uh, so I found this place called Manoir Saint-Sauveur in Saint-Sauveur, Quebec, which is two hours from Montreal, two hours from Ottawa. Uh, it's about a six-hour drive from Toronto, which is great for a long weekend if you're going to go up. But it's this lovely resort, and they have a spa, a full spa, hydrotherapy circuit, gourmet restaurants. They're close to shopping, and they have a ski hill right there. So it's sort of this all-encompassing weekend. Mm-hmm. So I took my daughters and... Uh, lucky them. Yes, very lucky them. But, you know, I've kind of... I've, I've waited a long time to take my daughters to a spa. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, when they're little, you can't really no. take them. But they're no. just at the perfect age now to actually go and do these things with me. And it's funny, I'm sort of this go, go, go traveler. Mm-hmm. So the first morning we woke up there, I said, okay, what are we going to do? Let's go explore. Let's, you know... And my youngest daughter said to me, why don't we just chill here? <laughs> well, well, that's novel. <laughs> I'm not really that, I, I'm not really that traveler. And I thought, I'm going to go crazy here for the day. Really? I, I really you thought, can't... I really thought I was going to go crazy for the day if I just sat still. And as it turns out, it was amazing. And this resort is that perfect place to do that. So they had this indoor hydrotherapy circuit with a pool, mm-hmm. a hot tub, um, hot sauna. And then they also do it outside as well. And if you've never done that outside in the winter. I have. I've, I've been to Boda Boda in Montreal, right? which is on like on the river. Yes, yes. Which is amazing. My daughter, t- my daughter took me. Oh, there you go. See, isn't that a nice thing to do with <laughs> yes, your daughters? It is. it is lovely. So we went and we did that. And so it was indoor, outdoor. So we did that sort of part of the day. And then they had this amazing spa. And the girls booked in for massages. And I had one. And we did facials. And we just did the whole nine yards and really just enjoyed the whole day. And then also they had these huge fireplaces in the lobby that you can sort of curl up with like a cappuccino and a nice book. You see, I'm all about the apres. Isn't that like, nice? This is, this is winning me over right now. I don't have to. And we the spent the whole day. <laughs> and then we dine. And obviously, the, the it's, it's gourmet dining. Um, they have an amazing uh, new steakhouse there, uh, M Steak. Mm-hmm. And they have tomahawk steaks and all these amazing cuts of beef. Uh, it was delicious. And then, they, well, you should see the wine. Not so I'm, much for I'm my not, daughters, but for me, I was like, I like that wine. <laughs> well, you weren't going anywhere, right? <laughs> and I wasn't driving. Yeah, it was really great. Yeah. So I'm looking, actually, I'm on the website, and they've got yep. like all kinds of packages too. Gourmet well, escape package. So you yes. can, it, or the spa package. So if you want to combine different things. Absolutely. Whatever gastronomy appeals or to you. Whatever. Yeah. And so the one that, they, the, um, that I really liked is the, it's uh, $152.50 a person. It's one night accommodation. Um in a classic room with a queen-size bed. Of course, mm-hmm. if you're traveling with more, you can get two beds like we did. And the rooms have just all been renovated. So if there's anybody listening who've been there years ago, they've just put a huge, I think, $6 million renovation into uh, this resort. So everything's been updated. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, you get one bu- breakfast... Can talk one breakfast buffet uh, and a go pass ski pass for eight hours at uh, Summit Saint Sever, which and there's a shuttle which takes you right from the front of the resort right over to the mountain. So the room, breakfast, and you're skiing and you're for skiing for one fifty two. That's, that's amazing. Good. That's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, and it's good. It's good skiing right there, right? Because Quebec has all these amazing mountains for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you also get the uh, thermal experience, so you get to do that hydrotherapy circuit as well. Oh, that's cool. also included in your pack. Package, so pack your swimsuits for sure. 
Yeah, they've got all kinds of good offers on this side. They book two nights at the hotel and mm-hmm. the spa, and we offer you the third night free, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, exactly. And it's 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 a beautiful, uh, newly updated. They're also um, within walking distance to some outlet shopping. All right. Yeah. And is there a blog on this going to be uh, up on It's your site? coming up soon, yes. And the, that is at lifeinpleasantville.com? Lifeinpleasantville.com, yes. Well, Candace Derricks, um, it's... Always a pleasure to have you in, and I'm always envious of your life (laughs) as you leave. (laughs) This is what she said. We'll be right back. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. Everyone can see we're together as we walk on by. And, and we fly just like birds of a feather. I won't tell no lie. Welcome back from bereavement, blended families, teenage pregnancy, to the temptation of affairs and Extramarital Sex, The Break by international best-selling author Marion Keys isn't a story about falling in love, but about staying in love. Welcome, Marion, to what she said. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> You've written 12 novels which have sold an incredible 35 million copies worldwide. And The Break is about a married Irish couple, Amy and Hugh, who decide to go on a break. Why? Well, um, I'd been reading about uh, marriage sabbaticals, which is a real thing. Um, it's because we're all living so much longer. You know, <laughs> like like back in the day, like say if you were in your mid-40s and you were, you know, happy enough with the person you were with, but like maybe not too happy. But you were thinking like, you know, I'm going to drop dead when I'm 55. I might as well just stick it out. But now the fact that like... <laughs> We're like living to be like in our 90s or even longer. People are having to recalibrate their their kind of relationship with monogamy or, mm-hmm. you know, with long term um, relationships. So 
this is about a couple who are still in love. Um, but the man, Hugh, he's in his mid-40s. He's lost his dad. He had another loss. And, you know, he's been kind of thrown into an existential crisis. And any books I've read before in the past about people having a midlife crisis, they've always been quite cliched and binary. You know, like the person who runs off is always painted as a complete baddie and the person who remains is like this kind of martyred saint. But I wanted to write a nuanced, realistic look about how you manage um, in a marriage when one of you runs into turbulent waters that the other person can't fix. So how do you manage? Well, it depends on the person um, and it depends on the situation. And I mean, personally speaking, if my husband wanted a break, I would be um, very, 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 very angry um, and, and very scared. But like we went, you know, I've been married for almost 22 years and, you know, we went through a very bad time about seven years ago. Like I had a breakdown, you know, the woman he married had disappeared um, I wanted him to leave because I couldn't bear being responsible for his happiness. And he kind of started living a different life, um, you know, because we had worked together, we travelled together, it had been very kind of bonded and intense. But then he started doing, he started climbing mountains and he started, you know, scaling cliffs and, you know, he found his salvation in a different way. And eventually I got better and, you know, we are still together. Uh, and I'm really glad we are. But, you know, it's tough. And I think it's important to acknowledge mm -hmm. that, like, if you're with somebody for a long time, you live through several different marriages. Absolutely. You know, like the way it is at two years is not going to be the same as at 10 years or like 15. You know, so it's it's important, I think, to keep vigilant about the fact that you are changing and they are changing and to make sure that you're on the same page. Well, you think I've been married for 25 years and together for 20, uh, 27. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, it's, it's sick, you know, yes. secular. It, everything yeah. goes around in a circle. And, yeah. and I think being, I keep on trying to explain to my children, my daughters, that the initial <gasps> romantic yeah. love yeah. changes. And, yes. and you do want to marry somebody that is your best friend because yes. it will change and you want somebody that will stick with you. Absolutely. But I've got to ask you, you say it's the most realistic portrayal of a relationship you've written. So how yes. much of it was based on your on your marriage? Well, the pain that she goes through mm -hmm. um, was very much, I minded from myself. Um, I suppose also the fact that, you know, when you're in a long-term relationship, there isn't, well, for me anyway, there isn't that much romance. Like, it's all about, like, you know, somebody... What's, what's for dinner? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Or if somebody makes you a cup of coffee, like, that's that's the kind of, that's the grand gesture. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind that. You know, I would far rather have a companion and somebody in my corner mm -hmm. rather than somebody who, you know, showered me with flowers. Um, so... That, you know, we're very, me and my husband, we're very comfortable with each other. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I love that. I love that I can go around with no makeup on and, you know, my f hair is a shambles and like, you know, I'm wearing like appalling pajamas. And I just love the fact that I'm comfortable enough doing that. So I suppose that kind of comfort factor was mm -hmm. was there. Um, also, the in-jokes that, that you have when you're with somebody for a long time. Shared history. Yes. But like... I was able to go into the feelings of what if he did come mm. and say that he wanted 
a break. I mean, all the feelings, all the horrible ones would be up and running, like the jealousy, the resentment, you know, the humiliation, like the kind of the fear of judgment from my peers. Um, it was all there. So I gave all those feelings to Amy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. It is semi-autobiographical. Yeah, like yeah. the feelings are mine, yes. without a doubt. Now, one of the characters in the book has an abortion and posts about it online. Why yeah. was that storyline particularly important to you? Because, and I know Canadian um, people have been shocked by this, abortion is entirely illegal in Ireland, even in cases of rape or incest. Um, it's punishable by 14 years in prison. So that means that if you have been raped and get pregnant and have an abortion, you'll spend longer in prison than your rapist. And it's appalling. And it seems like a parochial part of the story. But I'm also very aware of what's going on in in Trump's America. You know, how women's reproductive rights are being eroded and pushed back. You know, there is a very, very strong agenda. Um, You know, the Christian right, they've got a lot of money behind it. And there is every chance that if if a couple of judges in the Supreme Court die, that Roe versus Wade will be overturned. And immediately um, abortion will be illegal in four states. Um, So I'm trying to encourage vigilance, Mm -hmm. um, you know, not just for those of us, you know, who are affected um, in our country, but like uh, on behalf of women worldwide, um, the rights that everybody thought they could take for granted, they're not set in stone. Yeah, they were hard fought. They were so hard hard fought. fought, But I still still believe in my gut, nobody would go back and, and tackle Roe versus Wade. I just don't think they, I just don't think... There is the heart or spirit for them to do that. Well, I, I mean, I really, really hope, hope so. Not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but like so much, it's, it's, it's kind of happened in all kinds of subtle ways. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Planned Parenthood clinics That's have been true. shut down. So like women have to drive like a thousand miles to get to is a clinic. Is that what they do in Ireland? Well, no, because we have nothing. No, we have to travel. You have to travel. We, you have, to go to we have to go to, to the UK, UK yeah. or to Holland, you know, which costs a lot of money. And the trauma is immense. You know, people like at least one woman has died making the journey back. And once they get back, there's no aftercare, um, you know, and there's no counselling. And there's an awful kind of shroud of secrecy and shame over it. So, you know, people can't openly discuss the trauma of it. Mm. So what's of the whole book, what is the main message that you hope readers take away from it? That... That your marriage will go through ups and downs. Mm -hmm. But if you love the person and if you have like a lot of good stuff going on, it's worth fighting for. And that life is going to ambush us when we least expect it. But we can still keep fighting for the good stuff. And what's your next book about? It's about, it's an entirely different thing. It's about seven different characters. So it's kind of an ensemble piece. It's seven different voices. Um... Three women, one in her 50s, one in her 40s, one who's 32. Um, So I'm tackling menopause, but I'm also tackling millennial issues with the 32-year-old. So, yeah. So different, different structure, different voices, but hopefully warm and fun and interesting. Well, your books always are. I mean, oh, I mean, what do they call them now? Page turners? Is that yeah. what they call them? Thank they are. They're, they're, I, I mean, I love them. I think... Um, 
I can't remember the full title, but Rachel. Rachel's Holiday, Rachel's yes. Rachel's Holiday, yeah. you know, a, a classic. Thank <laughs> yeah, you, Kate. Classic. Thank um, you so says, much. So tell people how they can, can find you online. and Okay, I have a website, I'm marionkeys.com. Um, I'm on Twitter, um, at Marion Keys. Um, I have a YouTube channel. I do a little film every Monday, basically just, you know, telling you what's going on with me. And I have an Instagram thing, which I barely, um, <laughs> I keep, I keep promising I'm going to try harder. I'm going to make more effort with, with Instagram. Um, and then there's a Facebook page, but that's not run by me. It's run by my publishers. So it's not as personal. Right. The rest of me is very personal, very chatty. You know, I, I give you far too much detail about my life. <laughs> yeah, but you can unfollow me if I'm annoying you. <laughs> well, Marianne Keys, thank you so much for joining us this evening. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. This is what she said. We We'll be right back. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy to use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30 day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com tc or call 416-340-7270. Everyone needs an edge to compete. At the Chang School of Continuing Education at Ryerson University, our courses and programs will equip you with skills that are in demand in today's workplace. Enroll now at the Chang School at Ryerson University, where ambition meets professionalism. The night that you told me, those little white lies. What you're listening to is Little White Lies by Canadian jazz vocalist Alex Pangman, also known as Canada's Sweetheart of Swing. Welcome to What She Said. Hello, hello. hello. <laughs> now, for people who may not know, tell us how you got started. I was a, a 16-year-old who knew that she loved music and accidentally fell across jazz and fell in love. That's awesome. Now, you, you've recently released your EP called Hot 3. It was recorded straight to 78 or yeah. in New Orleans. Tell us why you wanted to give it that classic sound we just heard. Well, I've made a lot of recordings before, and so each project needs to be a little different. And so because I've always played music from the 1930s, this time I decided I would record it in the way that people made records in the 1930s. So we went direct to record. Wow. But what was it like only having three minutes to cut a tune? <laughs> it must be. Well, I mean, you just got to bring it. You've got three and a half minutes. You don't have... You don't have the option to edit things later or have safety nets. Uh, it actually was really exciting. I think it brought out really good things from us, performance-wise. So what about the songs you chose to record for this? What, what did you base those decisions on? Um, some of them were, well, we did, a, we did some CanCon, because if you're making a record in America, you need to have some CanCon. Uh, we also chose some just really beautiful melodic 
uh, songs from the 1930s, of which there are many. And then we chose a couple sort of saucy ones because we did record in a shack at the side of the road in New Orleans. (laughs) (laughs) But that's, I mean, that just sounds so wonderful. Recorded in a shack on the side of the road in New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty magical, and so I think I think part of the project was to understand what how did people come up with the magic of those records of the 1930s? What were some of the ingredients? And so we uh, tried to recreate some of those ingredients. That's awesome. Now, what's coming up for you in 2018? 2018. Um, well, we're booking um, some stuff for summer touring. Mm-hmm. Um, we of course play our 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 monthly show at the Reservoir Lounge in Toronto. Just uh, working on stuff. I got to get my mind around doing a proper full studio album, mm. like the proper modern way. Now that I've had my little, <laughs> my little dalliance with recording uh, measures of the past, it's time to put my mind to new songs for the next project. So tell uh, people where they can find you online and how they can get hold of your music. Uh, we are, of course, on iTunes and Spotify. If you want to mm-hmm. check out where we are playing, it's alexpangman.com. And uh, yeah, we're all over YouTube with uh, music videos and songs to share with you, Instagram, Facebook, the whole bit. The whole bit. So, um, but the one that went straight to record, like you yes. recorded straight to record and then it goes digital then it becomes did yeah so we went analog and then we went digital digital. (laughs) yeah we kind of did it in a weird way um only because the recording surface is so fragile the acetate that we recorded to that it really it only stands up to a couple of plays so we immediately digitized it we cut it in front of our eyes in the room while we were performing that's awesome and then immediately digitized it so it's available as an ep on itunes and spotify Alex Pangman, thank you so much for joining us today. And that is it for What She Said This Weekend on The Region. Join us again next Saturday and Sunday at noon. And be sure to keep in touch at whatshesaidtalk.com. Singing us out now, here's Alex Pangman, accompanied by Nathan Hiltz, performing It's the Talk of the Town. I can't show my face, can't go any place. People stop and stare, it's so hard to bear. Everybody knows you left me. It's the talk of the town. Every time we meet, my heart skips a beat. We don't stop to speak, though it's been a week. Everybody knows you left me. It's the talk of the town. We sent out invitations to friends and relations, announcing our wedding day. Friends and our relations gave congratulations how can they face us and what will we say let's make up sweetheart don't keep us apart don't let foolish pride keep you from my side everybody knows you left me it's the talk of the town
We sent out invitations to friends and relations announcing our wedding day. Friends and our relations gave congratulations. How can you face them? What can you say? Let's make up, sweetheart. Don't keep us apart. Don't let foolish pride keep you from my side. How can love like ours be ended? You left me. And it's the talk of the town. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world, and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.